Welcome to a new episode of Melanin Macabre with Amy and Kristen. Hey, Kristen. Hey, Amy. What's up? Not much. Um, I'm here from my closet because uh, because of feedback from our first episode that there it was an echo. So not that anyone is going to be able to see me actually sitting in my closet, but I'm currently on the floor surrounded by shoes um, and dirty clothes. Nice. <laughs> well, I'm not in a closet, but my room is dirty and there are dirty clothes and trash around me because I have not cleaned my room in a while. Um, I forgot to actually add this at the beginning, but <laughs> we should probably explain what this podcast is oh, yeah. um, before getting too deep into it. But yes, so this is um, uh, the second episode of Melanin Macabre, which was previously called Boo! Exclamation point the podcast. But then mm-hmm. we found out that we're not that creative and someone else had that name <laughs> before us and it was Boo! The Paranormal Podcast. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, we don't want to get sued. So we decided yeah. to change it. <laughs> so we are now Melanin Macabre. So please, um, if you have heard the first episode, please um, ignore that. You are not yeah. in the wrong place. We just got mm-hmm. a new name and new artwork. But the content is still the same. We're still going to be talking about creepy things, spooky stories, ghosts, myths, unsolved mm-hmm. mysteries, aliens, and sometimes true crime. Focusing mainly on um, BIPOC communities, but who knows? We might let some white people in every once in a while. You never know. Yeah. But mainly just focusing on more disenfranchised communities. Um, right. Kristen, did you want to add anything? No, nope, Amy, we got it. Yep, okay. got it. Awesome. Okay, so <laughs> this um, this episode is focusing on the movie Candyman that came out in August. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's our little review about what it is. But yeah, so we're just going to be reviewing uh, Candyman, what it was about, maybe to get and in, delve into some of the social commentary. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So, Kristen, did you want to start? I think you're the one who took the notes, and I didn't. Yes. <laughs> so, oh, first off, I want to say, if you have not seen Candyman, first of all, what are you doing? Go see it. <laughs> I think it's on demand at this point, so go check it out. But if not, there are spoilers. This is going to be a spoil podcast. So if you do not want to be spoiled, <laughs> then I guess maybe come come check this out after you've been able to um, watch it. So... Basically, I did not take notes on the summary, but from the top of my head, um, Candyman, the new Candyman is basically, it's set in Chicago in the Cabrini Green neighborhood, um, which is basic, was used to be a projects, like housing projects, but is in the process of being gentrified into, I guess, a, a kind of more like upper middle class and like or, a rich young professional mm-hmm. yep. like area. Yeah. And so we're introduced to the main character, Anthony McCoy, who I don't know if he counts as like a starving artist because he is living in like this nice ass apartment in Chicago, but I guess he's like an up and coming artist in um the Chicago area. And he like the movie opens with um him and his girlfriend and his girlfriend's brother, Troy, 
they were all talking about the Candyman urban legend. And so he gets really interested in it. So he ends up going to the neighborhood and taking pictures and figuring out the history. He gets stung by a bee. And then it turns into this like body horror type of thing where his like skin starts changing or whatever. Um, but basically, <laughs> that was the scariest part of the movie. That was I know. Movie. There was like a part in the. I think we like because um, Amy and I went to see Candyman together. So I think yes. there was a part where I don't remember if I said something during the movie or after, but I was like, why? Why has this guy not gone to the hospital yet? Like your arm is literally deteriorating. When he's just been he's just been going about it his was regular day. So gross. Like I <laughs> like I'm thinking about it right now, and I have goosebumps because it was disgusting. Because it's, yeah, okay. like, well, we'll like we'll get to that, but it was just like, it was so nasty. gross. It was so gross. Yeah. So <laughs> so basically, um, having been inspired by um, going to the Cabrini Green neighborhood, he develops this art, this big like art concept around Candyman, and basically presents it at his girlfriend's. I, I think it's her art studio or an art studio that she works at. Um, and she's the oh man the curator. Or no? I think so. I think so. Yeah. So so he basically presents the Candyman myth or the urban legend where you say it five times in a mirror and he's supposed to show up and like whoop your ass and kill you and stuff. Remember so, he like, but do you remember like in the movie, he like, in, he encourages the people to say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he encourages the people to say it and that's part of the art piece. So the first- Did you kind of- Sorry, hold on, mm-hmm. sorry to interrupt, but did you feel like that part was sort of reminiscent of that whole, like, Sandra Bland thing, like, say her name? Yeah. You, you know what's interesting like, about like, that? Mm-hmm. Well, the interesting thing about that is I think when the movie was being filmed in, like, 2019, I was reading that it was under the working title, Say My Name. Ah. Uh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Because that's sort of the connection that I made as I'm watching the movie. Because it is like, he has, at, at this point in the movie, he doesn't take the Candyman myth seriously. He views it as, and at that point, how do they already, ex- how do they explain, I think they had already explained to him already the reason for why Candyman became the myth that he became. Because it was, yeah, because it was, yeah. um, it was basically like a myth created on the lives of innocent black men and women that were killed due to police mm-hmm. brutality and violence and false accusations and things like that. And so mm-hmm. it was him kind of holding up a mirror. You could maybe argue holding a mirror, mirror to society and sort of mm-hmm. telling the history of the origin or what was the apparent origin of Candyman and then being like, say the name, almost like, you know, say her name or say his name. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, that's the connection that I made at first. Uh, yeah. And that's why, because I thought that he was taking a very, like, you know, I thought he was taking a political approach to his art. And that's why the the critics were like, this is so, this is so, uh, what's the word? Ah, this is just so dated. Like, yeah. oh, black people dying and you're protesting it. Oh, what else is new? So that's kind of like the vibe that the you're also like if you if you've seen the movie already you also know how much we hate the 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 art critic who's a total Mm. bitch. (laughs) 
Um, yeah. Yeah, she was just very, like, your typical, like, snooty white woman. Like, oh, this who, is like, boring. This is so, la- like, this is so last year. Yeah. Ooh, Black Lives Matter. Okay, give me something else. Like, it was just very, yeah. like, it was very that. And it, it was just so, ugh. Um, yeah. And everybody, and then, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. No. Well, the interesting thing also about the art critics that she, um, and this is also, like, gentrification is a theme that's brought up several times um onto our regular program <laughs> so if you are listening to this and there is a weird awkward gap and you're kind of like what happened it is because uh kristen i guess was trying to order poke and her order didn't save on the, her phone so ronnie her boyfriend <laughs> pops his head in the closet which scares me makes me think <laughs> that there's someone in her house or your apartment. <laughs> um, and then basically, we just spent like five minutes listening to Kristen like say her order of poke out loud. So yeah, that is nervous. what that yes, I that was, is what that I awkward was... pause is. <laughs> Anyways, sorry about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's okay. Um, where was I? Oh yes, I was talking about gentrification. So basically, there's this kind of overarching theme of gentrification that is brought up several times um, throughout the film. And the film critic, that um, the bitchy film critic, she kind of like, you know, she kind of dismisses the the artwork as like, oh, gentrification, you know, gentrification. And she, she almost like blames um, Anthony and black artists, I guess, in a way, who, who also technically, I guess, gentrify yeah, didn't she sort of didn't she sort of say kind of didn't she sort of imply that you're part of the problem? Like you benefit yeah. from gentrification. Yeah. Which is which a is whole, like Yeah. I was kinda like, okay, but bitch, you're out of line. Like I don't know. It was It, it was kinda like, like you're just dis- like that doesn't excuse white gentrification. Yes, black right. gentrifiers do exist, absolutely, but I think the whole the, like, the topic of gentrification is like p- obviously part of a larger conversation around like white supremacy, right? So we can't just gloss over that just because there's other like benefactors to gentrification because who created it? But I think that's what like I think that's what she was supposed to represent though. Like I think they did a really good job of sort of using her as like a sort of like a. Like that represent the representative representative sorry of that mentality of mm-hmm. sort of taking this concept and weaponizing it to hurt black people black professionals yeah specifically yeah 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 so so then yeah that happens in the art studio and then basically oh and then in the beginning of the movie I forgot to mention that we are actually, like, in the very beginning, before we even get to Anthony McCoy, um, the very beginning of the movie introduces one of the several Candyman who originated in the Cabrini Green neighborhood, and his name, I wrote it down, was Sherman Fields. Mm. And um, he was he, he was a man who lived in the neighborhood that everyone, I think everyone already called him the Candyman. Yes. Because... He would, I guess he lived in a basement and then he would like emerge from a hole in the basement <laughs> to like yes. give kids candy. Um, 
And so I can't remember if Well no no, no no he didn't no he didn't emerge from a hole to give candy. He was just like a guy in the neighborhood that would oh. give kids candy. Yeah. But it was it was that part where it was that part where he we don't we don't know why the police is chasing him yet, but he's introduced as he is just introduced as this creepy figure in a hole in a wall that comes out and the child who is reaching out to give candy to screams and so that's where the movie starts but then later we come to find out the reason why he's hiding in that hole is because there was a neighborhood girl i guess in the white part of the town or village or whatever the white part of the town that ended up finding razor blades in her candy and so they blamed Mm. the candy man um and so the police were coming after him and i'm sure during that time people you know and even now people know like if the police is coming after you that's kind of a death sentence almost especially Mm -hmm. in those times so he was hiding in the hole in the wall as like he was just hiding there because he didn't want to get caught or killed but i think Mm -hmm. that he was known as candy man just because he would just stand in the city square or whatever or in in the neighborhood and just hand out candy yeah and so he was just like, I'm glad that sorry, like you know, I think it was almost implied that maybe he wasn't um like he had like maybe like a childlike innocence that he was essentially yeah. harmless. Right. And I'm glad you mentioned that because that completely flew over my head. Cause I was like, um, I I guess I was confused why he was hiding in the hole. Because yeah. my first instinct if I'm in a ba- dark basement and somebody like pops out of a hole is to like be scared, but it makes sense when we find out that he was being falsely accused of putting razor blades in in uh was it apple or candy i think it was just i think it was just like the girl found razor blades in her candy or like okay. in her candy um because yeah. also like in that in that part where the kid screams you're taking back to the beginning of the movie but then that scene ex- is extended and then you see that the kid screams at first and then the police or hear the scream and they come down but then you you find out this kid like while the police is scrambling to come downstairs the kid kind of like has a realization of who this person is mm-hmm. and then you see the man actually like be a normal man extending his hand out with some candy and then the kid runs away and i think at that point he doesn't understand the magnitude of what he's done and then yeah. there's that scene where he's in the i think it's almost like the police push him out of the way to get to sherman and then I mm-hmm. think there's that scene where he realizes exactly what he's done, which is like, even though he himself didn't cause the death of an innocent man that was at the hands of the police, but it's almost like he realized this is an innocent man who got caught because I was scared. And I think, spoiler alert, that leads to his obsession with yeah the concept of the Candyman. And that's what I, I was going to go into that too, like how the boy you'll see um is still living in the neighborhood as a grown man and anthony mccoy and anthony mccoy meets him and he's yeah finds him and he's the one that actually gives him the whole history of the candy man and we find out that it's not just one candy man but the candy man represents this hive of black men um who have been um falsely accused who've been killed by white mobs um and they kind of represent like black suffering um yeah. and I and I I did I got the sense that um I forget I think his name I forget the man's name but he was motivated um not, Burke Billy Burke Billy Burke 
um, I got the feeling that he was motivated not just not just from the anger that that came from all of these men's deaths, but also from guilt that he was he yeah. might have been partially responsible for Sherman's death. Yeah. Yeah. And it was. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. And also, side note, that actor's voice is like butter. Like, I would love to hear him. Which one? Narrate an audiobook. Uh, the laundromat guy? Coleman Domingo, William Burke. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah, I think that, um, that part, I, what I really liked about the movie, though, was that they were not subtle about what they yeah. were trying to do and what they were trying to say. I think sometimes, and not, I don't want to say that it's cowardly because I've never put out a political piece. And I don't, and I don't want to say, and I don't want to imply that if you are not subtle and you're just sort of implying, you know, you know, issues with race and social class and things like that, that, that you're not doing a good job. But I felt like it was really refreshing, but I feel, well, I guess, let me, let me, let me backtrack. Let me say that. I think that sometimes, especially for directors or actors of color, like I think maybe before 2020, I think before maybe 2000, or even like before 2010, um, if you were an actor or director or producer or a screenwriter of color, you know, there is that, that almost, I feel like you would have this desire to make work that is, that doesn't alienate white people. And mm-hmm. that you have this feeling like, oh, because I'm brown or because I'm black, like, I don't want to be pigeonholed. Like, I don't want to be considered like, Tyler Perry who a lot of people just even though Tyler Perry can do has been in films that you know aren't really targeted towards and I mean targeted like targeted I'm using little air bunnies to Mm -hmm. to black people he's still pigeonholed as that as like a black predominantly black director and I think that sort of limits him Mm -hmm. um and so I feel like if you are like a director of color like that can limit you and so if you are gonna make movies you know, it can be intimidating to create a movie where you speak about race and social class in such a manner. And so I don't blame directors who take the subtle approach, but I definitely feel like this movie was really brave in the sense that it was kind of like this movie is going to make white people specifically uncomfortable because Mm -hmm. it's not shy about what it's trying to say, Mm -hmm. especially the ending, especially the ending with the cop and um the girlfriend which i'm really sorry i hate to call her the girlfriend um but i just oh, don't know brianna. her name it's brianna brianna she thank you by, uh, tiana harris i think is her name tiana oh is her name tiana harris tiana paris um tiana paris yeah so you said brianna um yeah that's so her yeah name. yeah so i think at the end it was very it was very obvious what it, what it was the message it was trying to send and mm-hmm. i really liked it because i was like this movie is not afraid to make people uncomfortable and it's not afraid because yeah. i'm sure i'm sure at some in some theater in this in this on this planet someone some white person or some uh, or some other people watched this movie and probably walked out and was like what the fuck is this like i hated this movie you know like yeah you know what i mean and i think yeah. they knew that that was going to happen but they pushed it up they, but they put it out anyway and i really i think there's like a bravery about that um yeah because Cause i, I yeah, don't I think, think i have the balls to make a movie like that i think that um because i've i saw some of that as criticism 
uh, online about people saying that it was on the nose or that and but and some of that I have to wonder is just people you know white people's discomfort with race and white people's discomfort with being confronted with the ugly history of racism and so because you know with some people any mention of race even if it's kind of more you know subtle is going to make them uncomfortable regardless so I almost in a way like with some of that um feedback I kind of I don't want to say dismissed it but like thinking about the context and like are you uncomfortable like are you thinking it's like um are you thinking it's on the nose just because you are uncomfortable in general with race So that's, I appreciate on the nose things like that in general. And I agree that it takes a lot of, it definitely takes a lot of bravery um, to, to have that kind of like very direct message in a movie. Yeah. I also feel like this, this, you know, pussyfooting around about race is getting (laughs) nobody anywhere. Do you know what I mean? Like, I really feel like we should just lay it all out there. You know, lay it all out there. Yeah, let's talk about it. And I think, and it's interesting because, and you and I had this conversation previously about like how it, how us as women of color always constantly talking about race and having race come up in our conversations because we are women of color and it Mm -hmm. being a, it's race isn't something that we can't, we have the privilege to shy away from and shut it down if we, if we, if we wanted to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Especially us, especially us, like growing up in a predominantly white area, the richest county in the United States, and us mm-hmm. not being a part of that <laughs> rich community, and mm-hmm. going to schools where microaggressions towards us were real, mm-hmm. and you know, growing up with that psyche, and then, and then it constantly coming up again in our adulthood, and so I think we talk about it and we see the issue, but I feel like. And I don't want to offend any white people, but it is what it is. But I feel like a lot of the people that I talk to that are all that, that are the first ones to shut down the conversation when the concept of race comes up is white people because mm-hmm. they're either on your side. They're either like, yeah, totally. White people suck, which is like, that's not really what I'm trying to say. Like, I'm not trying to say that all white people suck. What I'm trying to mm-hmm. say is that white supremacy sucks. Yeah. And. And but you'll get some people who are like that who'll be like, yeah, man, you know, mm-hmm. I support the people. And then you get other people who just shut down the conversation because it makes them uncomfortable. And so then they start saying like, well, it's always about race with you people. And then it's like, what do you mean you people? And, then, and it becomes like a whole thing and it just makes it worse. And so there have been times where I am legit trying to have a conversation with someone and I'm legit legitimately trying to understand what their what their point of view is and they are not having it because they feel like mm-hmm. the minute they open their mouth I'm going to attack them and or they're going to be told what I feel they've suspected all along is that you have some racist tendencies and I mm-hmm. and I don't and I don't know I'm kind of going I'm kind of going off script here <laughs> but I I feel like when you when when you want to talk about I think when you start wanting to have a conversation about race in a way that makes you comfortable and you start being like, well, I want to speak about it like this. That's where the trouble lies because you are now mm-hmm. shutting down people's voices. And it is an issue that is coming, that is happening all throughout the country. And mm-hmm. which is the reason for why the school board, um, speaking of the school board, I actually saw like, it's been two Saturdays now where I have seen people of this County 
um, protesting um, and having tables set up at like targets and at the mall to recall the school board because there is still this belief that the school board is a trying to teach critical race theory to the people's children behind their backs and b the county recently adopted and made it a thing that if you are a teacher or a staff member in the county you cannot misgender a student so if a student wants to go by hank when they had previously gone by amber you as a teacher have to respect that and they've made that a thing and so now there's people who are recalling the school board who are like no that's bullshit and and that, but that's what I'm saying. Like, these are people who, if you were to go talk to them and you were like, hey, let's have an open conversation about race, they're probably the first ones to shut it down because mm-hmm. they don't want to talk about it. And mm-hmm. yeah, and it's sort of, I'm kind of done having this conversation because mm-hmm. it's it's stupid to me that you would think that we, we, we don't get to talk about it because you're uncomfortable because I have to talk about it every mm-hmm. single fucking day of my life because it is my reality yeah. But you mm-hmm. get to live in this little bubble where you can walk around being like, I don't see color. When the reality is there are people every day that are being persecuted. There are people in jail who have been arrested on bogus drug charges. And while Miley Cyrus gets to smoke a doobie or mm. whatever, gets to smoke pot on national TV and she gets nothing. But, you know, you've got black people, brown people in prison who are still in jail because they mm-hmm. had some pot on them like 20 years ago. Like, it's bullshit. Yeah. And so, I don't yeah. know. I just think, sorry, I'm sorry to talk, I'm sorry. But, like, I just, if it made you uncomfortable and you walked out of the movie, fine. The, the fact of the matter is you still paid Jordan Peele and the, direct, and the Jordan Peele and Nia DaCosta and Wynn Rosenfeld still got your money. <laughs> yeah, so and honest, honestly, like, I'm willing to die on this hill, but I truly believe that horror, like the horror as the genre is a perfect, perfect vehicle for social commentary because especially racial commentary, because here's the thing. Well, I think it's perfect for like people of color mainly because racism and white supremacy is terrifying. So what other type of genre to kind of like, to kind of like magnify it than the right. horror genre which is scary but also because people in general like going to see scary movies and yeah i think it's a good way to kind of like draw a larger audience in especially if maybe an unsuspecting audience in a way maybe not yeah. like totally unsuspecting but i because I, I i i mean <laughs> the people like in our theater i'm pretty sure i looked around like i saw a lot of white people so like yeah I was I'm always interested like what did what did y'all think especially especially this the part of the movie where kind of how so it originated like the urban legend of Candyman originated in the Cabrini Green um, projects and then as the projects got gentrified the urban legend in a way gentrified because then it started reaching this like suburban type of like um, high school and then we see in sort of like the latter half of the movie um this white teenager getting her friends to say Candyman in the mirror and then they all get like brutally murdered um oh but so, do you remember when they were like it was like all a bunch of white girls and then the the black the girl only, comes in yeah the only, the only person b- of color le- also left there because there was a um oh that's right that's right she was yeah. asian was yeah. she asian yes she was she was yeah and she she was yes. like f this and she left 
So, which is what anybody would, which is what I would do. Yeah. I'd be like, I'm messing with that. Sorry, goodbye. Yeah. Like, but then, but then, like, after that girl left, and then the black girl comes in, remember, she had dreads on, she had her headphones yep. on, and they were, like, visibly mean to her. Mm-hmm. You remember that? They were, like, super mean to her. Yeah, and banging then, on the door. Yeah, and then she goes in the bathroom, and they're being mean to her, and the candy man kills all, kills all like, the mean white girls, and then the black girl in the bathroom is left, I mean, she's left traumatized, but she's yeah, unscathed, yeah. like, she's untouched. Mm-hmm. So... I felt like there was a message there that wasn't so subtle either. Yeah. And, Which is kill yeah. all the mean white... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. When I saw that, I was... I mean, I get it. They're teenage girls, and I shouldn't be happy that these fictional characters got killed. But there was a part of me that went back to, like, high school, and I'm not gonna say names, but there were oh, some Lord. girls in high school that were not mean, very nice to me. And they mm-hmm. thought I was weird, and they thought I was fat mm. because I had thunder mm. thighs. That I wouldn't have minded them getting killed in the bathroom <laughs> while I listened oh to God. music and didn't realize what was happening. So I mean, but I'm gonna say that there was a part of me. It wasn't a big part of me, but there mm-hmm. was a part of me that was kind of like, yeah. Okay. But that was. But What's then that afterwards, word? I was schoidenfreud or whatever Freud. schoidenfreud i feel like i'm that's i'm butchering jordan i don't think that's actually german <laughs> but i think uh it's like schoidenfraud or fraud or schoidenfreud i don't know <laughs> schoidenfreuden schoidenfreuden just kidding i don't know if you're german let us know yeah please but help it's us that, with the pronunciation but it's the um finding pleasure in other people's misery yeah <laughs> sitting back and the bathroom while the well, while the well I just don't get. I do yeah I just don't like mean people and I don't and I don't like unnecessarily mean people and it just that scene was very much it the scene was sort of set up as to almost for the audience to say that yeah they deserved it I don't think they were made to be very sympathetic characters because it was oh, yeah. very typical it was very typical high school pretty girl and also I don't mm-hmm. know if you noticed too but the I think the 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 queen bee of the group was very um I think they set up her character to be a little bit cultural appropriate. Mm, I don't know if you noticed, okay. like in her war- with her wardrobe. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. With her wardrobe and sort of the things that she like, the way she would speak, it was very like cultural appropriate. And, and the fact that maybe I'm just reading too much into it. I don't know. Maybe I'm yeah. Just... And the fact that she was even at the um, art show. Not to say that like going attending an art show is cultural appropriation, but like, um, kind of like consuming the culture when you're not a part of it maybe that's what maybe that's what they were trying to get at like you're or maybe sorry go ahead oh well like you're at this well like you're at this art show that's portraying because i'm assuming just like the movie the the overall like Candyman art um expose not expose that is not the right word um but it probably was on the nose because they were he, he was he was showcasing the history of Candyman. So here yeah. she is as this kind of like white teenager who's very separated from that history, and then she's she's consuming it, but also separate from it in a way yeah. where she's she's looking at it, maybe doesn't even fully understand like yeah. what exactly she's she's digesting, and then she just goes back at goes back to her suburban high school and says says the Candyman in the mirror five times and and gets yeah. Out. 
Yeah, the way the way I interpreted that part was that, and I think it, I think it happens to a lot of us. I don't think it just happens to white people. I think it happens mm-hmm. anytime we consume media or entertainment or what have your art from a culture that isn't ours. Um, but yeah. I, I I took it as I took it as more like this is a person consuming art that they don't that basically appreciating it from a surface level. She looked at it and she thought it was cool. So she takes a picture of it and then she decides to do it later because she thinks it's cool. But then, but the whole point of, um, I think, what was his name? Anthony? Mm-hmm. Right? The whole point of Anthony's artwork was social commentary explaining the history, the dark history of the legend of the Candyman. And so yeah. you're supposed to appreciate it. You're supposed to you look at it and see the black man, the black men that have died to you know and i was a result this legend was created like that was his point with the art and then this girl comes in she takes a picture because she thinks it's neat she takes it back so the way i took it was like this is kind of what happened like not that you're gonna get killed because you (laughs) went to watch an anime movie or whatever and you're and you're not japanese and so you're like uh you know what i'm saying like that's not what i'm trying to say but i guess the way i took it was you know if you're going to consume another culture's art make sure that you understand you understand its purpose if that makes Mm -hmm. any sense like you understand the message that this artwork is trying to make like if if you are watching a movie that is from your culture and you do some research and you realize that it's just you're supposed to take it for what it is it's just art that's great but it's almost like your responsibility to to figure it out and to make sure that you're not um that you're not exploiting this culture's cultural product if that makes any sense and i'm just reading too much into it but that's sort of like how i got because she really just took it back because she thought it was cool and had she read up had she read about it had she realized what it was about she wouldn't have taken maybe she wouldn't have taken it as lightly and she would have lived or yeah because i I was gonna say like if she knew the background around Candyman, she probably wouldn't have even she probably wouldn't have even said his name in the mirror yeah um because i don't know if that was like part part of like the explanation um in the artwork um Mm -hmm. but i also i also just thought it was interesting how the whole like the whole like idea of Candyman was like this secret in cabrini green and it was like this like this um it was this like well kept or maybe not so well kept secret because the folks in the community were terrified of Candyman because he's this guy that just shows up in your mirror and just like brutally murders you um, so I, I feel like that background and how that was just kind of like taken by people who aren't in that community as, as like a joke, it kind of like, it kind of like further spells out the kind of, um, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Separate, separateness of the cultures in a way. I don't know if that made any yeah. sense, but yeah. I get you. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And makes... mm-hmm. I also like sort of like different subject, but just in general, I loved the connections to the original Candyman that came out in 1990. But I also liked the I liked that it was like a a fresh look at it, like particularly because in the original Candyman, the protagonist is a white woman so Mm -hmm. and the black characters are very much like secondary supporting characters 
even though this like even though the story is based in a predominantly black area um the white woman and her family are the main characters so i liked how um in the 2021 Candyman, the main characters are all black so it's kind of bringing bringing them back into the central because really black people are central to the Candyman story regardless of 1990 or today um so i just kind of liked how um Nia DaCosta like brought it all together having yes. like black protagonists. Yes. I'm agreeing with you even though I haven't seen the movie. But okay. I did Wiki- I did Wikipedia it. Mm-hmm. I did Wikipedia it and yes, I did learn that in the OG movie the protagonist was a white lady. Is that white lady whose whose tapes we heard in the in the movie. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Mhm. Yep. And I also also thought it was cool even though this isn't about the 1990 Candyman, but I also thought it was cool because, like, you could make the argument that, like, not that what the original character, uh, I think her name was Helen? I don't know. We're, I'm gonna call I think her it Helen. was Helen. I think it was Helen. Yes, Helen Lyle. Okay. Like, in a way, um, I don't know what the term is for. It's not cultural appropriation, but it's just the fact that this white woman is going into this community that she doesn't know anything about and she you know she's doing her grad student paper whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> grad thesis paper or whatever on it. it's like she's vacationing i mean okay yes like she wasn't just vacationing in the black area because she does like get very involved with the community members and she does ultimately like fight the candy man and save the baby. So she she did do good. She wasn't a bad character. Um, but right. I thought it was interesting, like the connections. I don't know if that was the director's intention in the original movie, but kind of those connections of like like the the white characters kind of like being an outsider, like looking in but trying to have a, a huge influence in the black community. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. Um, like I said, I did not watch the movie, so I can't really <laughs> contribute much to that. But yeah, that's a good point. Um, how? Okay, let's go. Let's talk about uh, the deteriorating body. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like oh part, god. Oh my gosh. Okay, so so basically, like I was saying before, um, Anthony McCoy, he gets stung by a bee in the very first like part of the movie, and so then his arm just like deteriorates throughout the entire movie and there was a part oh my god there was a part where where he's like ripping off his fingernails uh, oh my god i had i almost i almost had to cover my eyes because... it is honestly like it's probably like what would have actually happened to spider-man yeah had he been bitten <laughs> by radioactive spider in real life yeah like, like all of his limbs would have fallen off. Yeah, you yeah. would just your body would just fall apart. And then it was, at the end, it was yeah. Well, that was supposed. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. I keep interrupting you. <laughs> no, it's okay. I was gonna say at the end, like when I forget his name again. Cole, Billy, Billy Burke. Both names. Billy, Billy Burke. Burke. So Billy Burke, when he like chops off his arm and then sticks <laughs> the hook in it, that also I was not expecting that. I don't know why I wasn't expecting that level of goer, but. That was a lot because the sound effects were very good. He probably did him a favor. That guy was dragging around a dead arm the whole movie. That should probably and that's what, like 
cut off anyways. Yeah, then that's what was like so funny to me about the movie was the fact that like he gets a bee sting and his hand is obviously gross. And yeah. no one is like, yo, you should go to the doctor, that's disgusting. If that was my boyfriend and he come and he's at home and he's trying to he's trying to fool around and I see that nasty, gross hand, he ain't going anywhere near me. Like he is not touching with that yeah, nasty. We're hand. going like, to the ER. Yeah, we're going to urgent care. We're gonna get it checked out. That is disgusting. And it was yeah. so like it was so stupid. And then didn't you hear that um wait, did you remember that part where he does go to the doctor? Mm-hmm. And the doctor's like, We can't let you out of here. Yeah. Because your arm is dying or whatever, like we can't let you out of here. <laughs> we need to operate. Yeah. Yeah, we need to operate. Like you're we like they're like, Yeah, you're not getting out of here. Like that's disgusting. And then he ends up leaving anyway. Yeah, I guess they can't like yeah. I guess they can't hold you. Like they can't force you. Yeah, he just like casually just like fled the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> but there was also that part where before he goes to the hospital. Um, he's actually he goes to dinner with his girlfriend and some of her art friends and he's picking at his scabs and the girl table is like careful and I was like why wasn't there but that was it like she says careful and then leaves it alone and I've been like why hasn't anyone said anything about this man's bleeding wound that's only barely being like barely being concealed by this bandage also (laughs) have some manners everyone's eating everyone is eating and you yeah. are picking your nasty scab on that table. Take That's your gross. open wound off the table. <laughs> yeah, take that. I would not, like, I would be the one person at the table not eating. I'd be like, I've lost my appetite. <laughs> like, that's disgusting. Like, yeah. I would be, like, be like, can we can we just talk about Anthony's messed up arm before we get into, like, art galleries? Because this is messed up. Yeah, and then you also like get that part in when the first person is killed. It's the art, I think it's the art dealer and his like little underage girlfriend. They both get mm. killed, mm-hmm. and he's looking at the TV and he's smiling that these people have been killed because it brings attention to his art. Oh yeah, I yeah. was like, what? Yeah, I actually I thought that I thought that was kind of funny actually because <laughs> he's over here smiling because. They they actually like said his name and then and then his girlfriend and brother just looking at him like what is wrong with you? That is a red also, flag. That that would be a red flag. Yeah. Like, he did it. He did yeah, it. Yeah, like you clearly were involved here. <laughs> also, um, I found this out later, but Anthony McCoy's full name is said five times throughout the movie, and the the fifth time. It said is when he finally makes his transformation to a Candyman. What? That's so cool. Yeah, it's like that's a nice. That's thought. so cool. I would have never caught that. Like, kudos to ever caught that because I'm not, like, <laughs> I'm not like catching yeah. those things when I'm watching a movie. So, like, what was Billy Burke's obsession with bringing back the Candyman? Was it just like wreaking havoc on white people? See, that's the thing that I was confused about because I felt as though, yes, I do I do think that he was motivated by um, taking revenge on, on white people um, because of what happened to Sherman Fields and the other Candyman. But mm. it also just seemed very strange how he had to take down other black people yeah. for that to happen. And also the fact... That it's not just going to be white people, probably, 
um, who are saying Candyman. Although, actually, do any black... Oh, never mind. I was going to say, do any black people say Candyman? And yes, his sister says Candyman and they get killed by Sherman. So never mind. But I was a little confused about his motivations. Um, that That was a little confusing for me. Yeah, I don't want to bring. I wouldn't. I don't wouldn't want to bring back the the monster that killed my sister. Yeah, because now he's just gonna kill, like, so many more people. Um, although I will say this, my favorite thing about Candyman is that it's relatively easy to avoid getting murdered by him, and all you have to do is just keep his name out of your mouth. That's it. You don't have to say. Just don't say. Don't say his name, and you won't get murdered. But where's that song that's like keep your name out your mouth something. No. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> keep your name out. Your, keep my name out your mouth. They don't know me. Dang. Now I'm. Now I got the song stuck in my head. <laughs> Sorry, you guys um, had to hear me sing slash rap. But yeah, I I was just a little con- I was a little confused by by Billy. Um, what if he just little... had a huge crush on Anthony and just wanted him all to himself? That could have, you know what? That could have been the case too, because he Cause was he trying would. to kill his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he, and Anthony's, and he keep. <laughs> well, he wasn't. He wasn't that cute at the end, because then he was like, he had the face of like a beehive or something. There are so many. Sorry, I'm googling. Keep my name out your mouth, and there are like 50 million versions of that song. Oh. Everyone out here thinking they're a rapper. <laughs> All right, sorry about that. Um, yeah, I don't get. Yeah, I guess that was the thing that I was confused about. And there was also like one scene where someone's dad jumps out the Man. window. I, I didn't get that either. About that too. Yeah, I actually included that in my notes because I was confused about the connection between because that was Brianna's dad, and I was confused mm. about the connection between that. But I assume it was maybe. Maybe they were trying to connect, like, the fact that she she's now been, um, first her dad um, killed himself, who was an artist, and then now Anthony, her boyfriend, who's also an artist, is also, like, dying, be- uh, sort of, as a result of his art. Not solely, but... Yeah. Two artists that kind of, like, you know, I don't, I can't think of words, but... Two, right. two artists that got overly, very much consumed by their art. Mm. With fatal consequences. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Billy Burke must have just not had, like, a wife or something. Because who has that kind of time? <laughs> like, really? Yeah, I don't know what, I don't know what he was doing over there. I'd be like, why aren't you home? Where you at? I'm hungry. You know, where you at? Where am I? I'm hungry. <laughs> I don't know. I'd be like, I don't know. I'd be annoyed. Yeah. Because he had like his own business, the laundromat. So he was obviously very busy. So. Oh, that was his business? Oh, I missed that too. Shoot. Yeah. Remember he he gave him the pen and that's how he knew to find him? Wow. That's how Brianna I was... knew to find him. Really? I, w- <laughs> I was not paying attention then. I but see, like you, like, you paid attention to the in like you paid attention to the message of the movie and i paid attention to like who gave who gave who the pen (laughs) (laughs) 
And who like <laughs> like I must have just I paid attention to like the surface level things. And then afterwards yeah. I was like, ooh, social commentary. I think it's funny that I together. didn't Yeah, I just think it's funny that I didn't question how Brianna's character thought to go to the laundromat. I just didn't question. I was like, oh she's she's just here. She she just knew where to go. So that makes sense that she had Oh, that's that so crazy. That's so crazy. Oh. Also, I don't like bees. I've never liked bees, and now I definitely don't Mm-mm. like them. Yeah. I don't I've... care if they're special for the environment. I don't care. They sting you. Yeah. Like... I don't. And I also, I had a slight bee phobia when I was a kid because I have a very vivid memory as a child trying to go to a playground um, to eat Burger King and with my mom. And my sister and then uh <laughs> there was a bee's nest underneath the picnic table and they once we sat down they just like just scattered everywhere and then they stung my mom and then i was screaming and running around and then <laughs> right. and also i should not laugh that's not <laughs> did you know that when bees sting you they die because their stinger gets left like gets pulled out yes. of their body so i'm over here looking at like this dead bee they just stung my mom my mom's got stung it was a chaotic moment um and from that moment i've never really liked bees i mean who does only beekeepers and people (laughs) who like honey but yeah i do like bees but i hate bees they piss me off i know this is wrong but i also this is very wrong but i associate bees with wasps because wasps are even worse they all have stingers, and they, they although bees are nice, I guess they don't mess with you if you don't mess with them, but wasps just are here for chaos. Wasps are douchebags. Yeah, they, right now. They're douchebags. They're mean. Yeah. I don't, mm-mm. Like, oh, no. See, I have, I also have a terrifying, like, memory <laughs> with yellow jackets. Yellow jackets are vicious bugs because i remember i was with my cousin and we were underneath this like football stadium bleachers that were also covered by tarp because we were like taking a shortcut somewhere and then what the hell kristen why would you do that (laughs) i don't know again we disturbed a yellow jacket's nest so then we started buzzing around everywhere a dead yellow jacket fell on me i started screaming my cousin got stung we ran out of there it was terrible so i do not i don't like any flying stinging insects no thank you Mm-mm. you're lucky that you don't have any brothers or like a lot of male cousins because one time i remember vividly one time my cousins came over and my little brother being the youngest person of the group um this was probably when i was maybe like nine or eight and my brother was like six or seven like he was still young enough where he would walk around the house in his undies like that was how mm-hmm. young he was and so um, one of my cousins took a bee that was just like flying around the house. He stuck it in my brother's underwear, <gasps> and it stung. <laughs> what? Oh my god! And it stung him in the butt. And then he had, and then my brother was crying because a he got stung, and b there was now a dead bee in his underwear. <laughs> now that's. No, that's messed up. He that is so messed up, and I should butt. not laugh. I should not laugh. <laughs> it is not funny. But at the time, it was like, it happened so fast. It just happened Aww. so fast. And, dude, men are brutal. <laughs> like, How do you even pick up a, a live bee 
and get it to I don't know. with you enough to put I don't it know. in closed space. I don't get it. I don't know. But also, like, my cousin at that point was, like, he was old. Like, he was, like, 15. All right. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, no. He's he's from, like, the not-so-nice side of my family. Oh, okay. And I use that term, well, and I'm not going to say his name on the off chance that someone hears this and tells him. <laughs> but he's a douche. He's always been a douche, and this is just, like, a sign of his douche. This is just, like, another sign of his douchedom. But... Mm. But also, like, I wasn't all, I also, like, wasn't the nicest sister. Like, I've definitely, I remember one time my brother wouldn't give me the remote to the TV, and I had a glass of lemonade, and I spilled it on his head because he wouldn't give it to me. Well, you know, that's what siblings do. I have so many ridiculous stories of random <laughs> shit I used to do with my sister, so it's okay. But, like, my, my but it's fine, because my little brother, he got really big really fast, mm-hmm. and so he ended up being bigger than me by the time I was maybe 11 mm-hmm. and so at that point it was like two against one and I, I didn't stand a chance so <laughs> it, but it was also, it's also like so this is totally not what we're talking about but it's also that thing where um you didn't have a younger sibling Kristen so you were kind of like mm-hmm. on your own but it's kind of that thing of like you have the oldest who picks on the one app that comes after him which was me and mm-hmm. then you were being bullied for so long that it's almost like I couldn't bully my older brother. So I had to bully my younger brother because I was getting bullied. Yeah. And so, you know what I mean? Like, it's you want to like you want to feel you want to feel like <laughs> you're strong and you like you can beat someone up, too. But yeah. that was very short lived. I think that only lasted like three years. And then my brother got big and then it was now all of a sudden it was me against two other people. And Danny was tall and had giant hands and fists, and so I got punched oh, really bad. And then Isaac didn't really punch me, but he became really big, and so he would sit on me. And oh, Lord. I couldn't move, and so, yeah, it was awful. <laughs> so. Oh, my gosh. That's don't have crazy. siblings. Don't have siblings. They're awful. <laughs> and I have yet to determine what their worth is now to me as an adult. I'm like, what is your Oh, my gosh. Name? Other than, like, what is your purpose? Because as of right now, I don't really see a benefit. So my mom's like, you have to love them. They're your brothers. And I'm like, okay, but they don't do anything. They didn't teach me anything. (laughs) All they taught me was, like, how to take a punch. No, not even. How to take a punch. It wasn't even, like, how to fight. It was how to take a punch. Nah, that's not good. Also, I don't like being sat on. No, nobody learned. I don't want to be some people do some people do oh lord (laughs) (laughs) you're right I don't I don't I don't I don't because (laughs) claustrophobia and I hate it (laughs) but some people some people will pay you to sit on them just FYI if you're ever short on cash okay that's something that's something maybe okay too yes yes (laughs) Just put an ad for Craigslist, and I'm sure you'll get plenty of callers. Oh, yeah. Or OnlyFans. That's another one. OnlyFans. Oh, yeah. Can yeah. you sit on people on OnlyFans, or is that just like... I don't know. Procure- oh, no, I don't think you can. Procure services from... Okay. Um, But you could sit on something, and, pro- and I don't know. Oh, people- I'm sure that happens, too. People will pay lots of money to do anything. Like they will, like there, if there are people on the internet that pay people to eat, and they'll be like, 
I sent you, like, okay, this is totally off t- topic, but there is an episode of, there was this episode um, on the TLC show called Weird Sex or something. Mm-hmm. I think that's actually what it was called. And there was this lady who was a feeder. No, he she was a feedy, and her mm-hmm. husband, I've her heard boyfriend, of those. was a feeder. Yes. Mm-hmm. And she, while he went to work, she would sit and just, like, record videos of herself eating. And... <laughs> She was saying how her she's like, I mean, I look at her and I don't think she's attractive. Like I look like she, not even because of her size, like just her whole look. I was like gross. Like she can't comb her hair. Like her makeup is she can't do her makeup. Like it was just so weird. But apparently she had a lot of followers, and she talked about how there would be men from England who would ask her her address, which she stupidly gave it to them like why would you give some guy across the pond your address but she'd give like guys from germany or guys from england her address and then like 20 minutes later she would hear a knock on her door and it would be like the pizza delivery man who had ordered who this guy (laughs) from england had ordered like 50 pizzas and was like okay i ordered you some pizzas now record yourself eating them while i jack off while you eat or something like that Ah! I don't know. That's actually not what they said in the show. But I would just imagine. I mean, what else would you be doing? You're not. I mean, yeah, what, you know, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how we got on this topic, but I was just, <laughs> I was just thinking about that. I want that career. If I could Hell eat yeah. and know that I wouldn't blow up to 500 pounds, like I would totally do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but like, but would you be OK knowing that some guy's jacking off to you? Was that something uh, you gave it? I guess as long as I'm not there. But you like, are there. Say, oh, mind. oh, oh! But what if you are there? What if it's like a how you no. and I are looking at each other right now? No, I don't want to <laughs> do that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, thank you. But he's all the way the heck over there. Like he's nah. all the way in the UK. Nah, not for me. Not for me. Respect for the for people who who do that. Cause you gotta do what you gotta do, but that is that cannot be me. Sometimes I get salty though when I imagine that there are women out there showing their tatas for money, and they're making like a hundred thousand dollars a year, and I'm a teacher with a master's degree, and I'm lucky if I take home forty thousand. There are financial dominatrixes who just like bully people into literally just paying them. Like I'm too nice up- for that. I'm too nice for that. Yeah, thing. me too. It's like, hey, can I have a thousand dollars, please? Like, now you're supposed to be like, Money, Yo. please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, because I, I was thinking, like, oh, maybe before before I met Ronnie, I was like, oh, maybe I could try to do that to pay through pay pay through grad school. But I'm like, I'm too nice for that. I I couldn't be like, give me give me your money, bitch, or something. Like, I can't <laughs> I can't do that. I can't I'm imagine too- you. But you know yeah. what, though? I feel like that would be a cathartic experience for you, though. I think if you ever did it, though, I think you would love it. I think it'd be such a cathartic experience for you, and you'd be like, where has this been my whole life? I really do. Yeah. All I have to do is cuss people out, and then they will deposit money into my bank account. That's the dream. <laughs> hey, that is the dream. Give me a hundred. But those, that also, when you really think about it, that kind of makes me sad, because what is going on in their life that they, mm. I don't know. But I don't want to kink shame either, so. Oh, true, true, true. No. Yeah, all kinks are valid. I, yeah, is that what they? Never mind. You know what? Never mind. I mean, I will judge the heck of. I will judge the heck out of your fetishes and your kinks, and no one can stop me. But I will never mm. stop you from doing it. 
but I will judge yeah. you. Do you? Yes. I don't know how we got to the subject. I'm so sorry. That's <laughs> no, so okay. Random. This was such a weird digression to what we were supposed to be talking about. Yeah. But well, we are at the hour mark. Yes, we probably <laughs> we should probably end it here. <laughs> well, this is this is why we didn't want our moms to hear. Yes, exactly, because we somehow have been, now we're talking about dominatrix and feeding and all the other stuff. So maybe you know, just keep this. If you want to send us money to feed ourselves, <laughs> send it to <laughs> dot 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 dot. Or if you want to just send us money for no reason, then we will, yeah, send us money. (laughs) Now! (laughs) Now! Right now! We're starting our career early as financial (laughs) dominatrixes. Give us money now! (laughs) All right. Well, this has been Melanin Macabre, episode two. We hope you enjoyed our little recap of Candyman and the subsequent progression or regressions I can't think of words but me neither I'm tired (laughs) (laughs) digressions digressions um thank you all for listening and we'll catch you in the next one stay spooky (laughs) 